the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Joining me now, Jessica Minton from the International Business Times. How are you, Miss Minton? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about the background of Jessica Minton at the IP Times. Yes, so I'm a markets and finance reporter. I've worked at International Business Times for about four years. So I cover pretty much anything from whether it's Alibaba or Twitter's IPO to also what's going on in the financial markets, like what we've been seeing with Greece, and as well as the volatility recently because of the downturn we're seeing in China. You've put together a new article. Um, it's called China Crisis, Two Risks That Could Push the U.S. Economy into a Recession. I've always looked at China and they don't really consume a lot of our goods. They're a huge economy, but they're more of a manufacturing economy. Like I'm more worried about Canada than I am about China. But you brought up China. So what what put this article in your head? Right. So it's interesting, too, because we can also talk about what's happening with Canada as well a little bit later. But with China, behind us, they're the world's second largest economy. And we only export about 7% of our overall GDP over to to China. So it doesn't really have a, a large footprint in that regard. But the problem is, is because when China sneezes, basically, sort of that old saying, the rest of the world can catch a cold. And that basically means because they're the biggest commodity consuming country, if they're not consuming as less, that has a rippling effect when it comes to emerging markets. So we're already starting to see that, say, with in Latin America, with uh, Chile is one. Um, China's not buying as much copper from them. We've already seen Brazil get hit because of oil. And then another problem is with Australia. China's not buying as much iron ore for them. So then when the other partners that we're working with, with the emerging markets, might not be buying as much goods from us, then that's where that impacts us. So if, say, our U.S. multinationals, if their revenues and their and their bottom lines are getting hit, then they have to cut somewhere, and that ends up usually being jobs. So that's where sort of that rippling effect comes from with regard to China. So China, the world's second largest economy, obviously has a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, they're having a presentation of World War II parade, and they've brought some world leaders into their country. Some people are thinking that Perhaps the weakness has been tied towards trying to clean up the air uh, for this big event coming up. Um, some people think it's been, you know, a little bit more. The government's trying to, you know, p- be perceived as a serious uh, stock market, whereas they're doing the same things the United States do and throw mm-hmm. stuff, throw stuff at it and manipulate it, and it's just not working right now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Exactly. Do you, what, what's your take on the current situation? 
I think a lot of it has to do also with the fact that China is moving away from an export-driven economy to a consumer-driven economy, and they've been doing this for a number of years. So we saw their growth peak back in around 2007, and, and their GDP growth was just over 14%, whereas now it's hovering around 7%. So still, 7 sounds like a pretty solid number, but a lot of economists think that it's actually much lower than that. That's just the, the government report from China that, that's coming out. But I really think it has a lot to do with them changing over to trying to be a consumer-driven economy. And, and But it, it might take a, a long time for that to happen. The dollar, the strong dollar, is that playing in, into anything that's affecting China at this point in time? With, as, with regard to the dollar, so looking at our central bank, the Federal Reserve, they went through, following the recession, a lot of different measures to try to boost our economy. And now they're trying to tighten their policy. But when we look around the world, everyone else is doing the opposite. They're trying to loosen their policies. So say with China, they're devaluing their currency. They're trying to cut interest rates. And that basically works against our dollar. So if our dollar gains, everybody else's currencies are devaluing. And when sometimes it sounds like a strong dollar is good for, say, you and me when it comes to purchasing power. But the problem is that makes us less competitive as far as trade is concerned. So say big companies, maybe you're a big tech company like Apple or Intel or Qualcomm, the majority of your sales are coming from overseas. So if you have a strong U.S. dollar, when you convert that money back over, you're actually losing money. And that's what's a concern, especially for the Federal Reserve right now, because a lot of people thought that they were going to raise interest rates away from the crisis levels that they've been from the recession. But when you have all of this going on with China, and then especially today when we got a bit of a mixed jobs report that then puts a big question mark on the Fed and, and what they're going to do going forward. Anything else that we need to know about your current China article? I think another big thing is just because of the volatility that we've seen within the equity market, a lot of the, if say you and I are looking at our 401ks or if older people are looking at their CDs and they're thinking, oh, well, we're seeing all this volatility. I'm a little worried. I don't want to go out and spend money. That's what's another detrimental factor because consumer spending accounts for about two thirds of our economy. So if I'm not going out and buying, you know, a coffee at Starbucks or buying certain things at a retailer, that really impacts us over here. And I think that's the other problem that could be a risk for us as with regarding the U.S. dollar and then the equity market. So if people aren't spending, that could be a troubling sign later on down the path for us. Now, switching the gears to Canada. Yes. What's your commentary on Canada and the United States situation? It's interesting, too, because you're looking at Canada. Here's another big economy that is beginning to lose a little bit of steam. And the problem with Canada versus China. Canada's our, our largest trading partner. And some red flags there, they also buy a lot when it comes to, say, our auto industry. Okay. So if they start buying less from us, that's, that's a huge problem for us as well, because that could also lead to job cuts as far as the auto industry is concerned. And that also sort of ties into the Fed's overall picture of the health of the U.S. economy. And that's what a lot of economists I was talking to yesterday, as far as Canada is concerned, are, are a bit worried about. And that's another situation I think we have to really keep our eyes on. Anything else you want to close out with in the last bit commentary from you? 
I think also with just the volatility we're seeing today, definitely driven by the fact that we got that mixed jobs report. It sounds good when you see the unemployment rate tick down to around 5.1%, but the problem is more people were dropping out of the labor force, and that's why we did see that employment rate tick down. And this is just going to be more probably added volatility along with the global slowdown fears that are in the market right now ahead of this Fed meeting that's on September 16th and 17th. Thanks very much. It's Jessica Minton. You can find her at IB Times. It's IB Times, IBTimes.com. It's pretty easy to find. You can Google her, Minton, M-E-N-T-O-N, and uh, you'll find some of her articles tied towards her. Jessica Minton with IB Times talking China and the economy. A couple things to like about the jobs number that came out this morning was the average monthly job gains. They're very healthy. Even though the heading number of 173,000 created was lighter than 220,000 expected, the prior two months were revised higher. Recent average monthly job gains are consistent with improving labor market. So that's still good. The unemployment rate improved for the right reasons. The drop to 5.1% from 5.3% was because there are actually fewer unemployed people. It was not a participation rate story um, here this time. And the average hourly earnings are up. Three-tenths of a percent increase in August was a notch higher than expected and going in the right direction, plus the 2.2% increase in the past year looks good. Not great, but good. Uh, you want inflation numbers to be somewhere between 2 to 4%, uh, typically, with 2 being on the colder side, but still good, um, and 4 being on the, the hotter side. You don't want the numbers around the ones. Uh, Treasury prices haven't moved much, um, but the stock market, when they saw the news come out, not the happiest stock market on the planet. Um Again, a lot of factors right now. Volatility's picked up. China's an issue. Commodity prices have collapsed. Uh, as China's economy slows, China's economy was a, is a big manufacturing economy. And manufacture things, you need oil and coal and steel, and you need commodities. So as China's slowed their expansion, commodities have fallen. And there's some countries like Russia and Canada that are commodity rich, that want higher prices, that need higher prices. So again, things that we're ultimately dealing with. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. One stock that I'm looking at right now, if I want it to be risky, I would consider GoPro. GoPro stock has been devastated in the last couple of weeks. Um, it was a hot and sexy IPO. Ultimately, what they make is a camera. Now, I can't tell you who, you know, to me, a camera is a camera. I'm not going, is it, is it a good picture quality? That's what I'm worried about. <clears throat> so GoPro is now trading about 20 times next year's earnings. If we were to have a bad stock market, I would be very interested in that because it's growing faster than 20 times. But as we learned yesterday, they do not have, it does not look like they have a camera coming out this Christmas season. And we're consumer products, consumer electronics-driven country. If they had something special, but again, that's... We're, I'm not saying we're getting up to the, our limits of cameras, because I don't think we are. Um, I know the new iPhone's going to have a better camera, and that's going to be a problem down the road. If Apple wanted to get into the athletic wear, uh, athletic cameras, I don't see that many barriers of entry for them. I think they can pull it off. Amazon's cloud infrastructure business, AWS, also known as Amazon Web Services, is buying back in video service of Elemental Technologies. The price is about $500 million. 
Elemental Technologies helped big media and entertainment companies like CNN, ESPN, or HBO take their video, originally intended for cable, and reformat it to work better on a mobile or, or desktop. <clears throat> so it powers apps like HBO Go or ESPN Score Center. Amazon Web Services already powers Netflix, and this new acquisition will help it beef up its appeal as a provider even more for video companies. Okay, now, right there, there's a question mark. Amazon Web Services, they've got Amazon Prime, right? Amazon Prime has video shows and competes a little bit with Hulu and Netflix. I don't think anyone thinks this is robust, but now they're buying a company that works with Netflix or helps Netflix. It's going to get interesting. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.